Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! It may be because he's Swiss, I don't know, in terms of European style. I can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Can you say the alphabet backwards? Walk and whip your ass backwards. You're not funny and nobody likes you. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. to WrestleRant Radio for April 12, 2016. I'm Graham Jason Matthews, sitting alongside the one, the only, the illustrious at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter machine. RJ, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today, Graham. How much did you enjoy Raw last night? I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Thoroughly enjoyed the show. Maybe more so than last week? Definitely more than last week. I wasn't a huge fan of the post-WrestleMania Raw, but last night had my attention and I really enjoyed the show. Nice. So we'll be talking all about Raw here today and maybe some other news and notes that come up along the way. But we are not alone. We are being joined by at Randy Cruz on the Twitter from the Cruise Control Podcast. Always great talk with Randy. Randy, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. We love, I gotta mention this by the way, I always watch Raw over RJ's place, and one of our favorite things to do when we watch Raw is go on our Twitter timelines and check out what you're saying about the show, whether it's WrestleMania, Raw, or whatever, we're always following your tweets, because you always have great insight, dude. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, thank you for, for following my timeline and seeing you know what I gotta say every Monday night. I do follow what you guys do. And, and say every Monday night and, and pay-per-view and stuff like that. So um, I try to keep it like current uh, programming. I try to keep it PG uh, with, with what I write. But, um, you know, like, like RJ said earlier, man, you know, this was a, a better role this week than last week. And definitely can't wait to, to talk about it. Absolutely. Well, cheap plug there at Randy J. Cruz on the Twitter at RJ underscore, underscore Marceau. I sorry, I botched it. Uh, at WrestleRant on the Twitter as well. Follow along during Raw. We're talking about Raw all you know episode long here today. So yeah, like you guys said, pretty good show yesterday. I would say even better than yesterday. Uh, even better than last week, the post-WrestleMania edition of Raw. A lot of new, fresh things going on, going to Payback on May 1st, which is taking place, I believe, in Chicago again, right? Yep. And Extreme Rules is a new work, which we're going to be at, and I can't wait for that. So kicking off the show for the, stre- for the second straight week, we got Shane O'Mac opening Monday Night Raw due to overwhelming social media support. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it now. I loved it. I think it's great. He was more involved in this week's show than he was the week before. He was in more segments on the show itself, like in front of the live crowd, backstage, whatever. Um, it just makes no sense from a storyline standpoint to which point Shane, the manager of Raw, the GM of Raw again, because he lost to WrestleMania, so let's put him back in charge of Raw, which made no sense. And you texted me, RJ, right after they made that announcement, like... So was he running Raw again, despite losing at WrestleMania? Uh, Randy, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on Shane running Raw last night? As opposed to your thoughts overall on Raw, which we'll get into. Um, what were your thoughts when you heard that Shane was running Raw for the second straight week, despite losing at WrestleMania? Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool to have him on. Um, I guess w- once it started, we, didn't, we did not know that he was going to be on the show more frequently on, on last night than, than what he was on the uh, previous week. Um, but just seeing him back on TV two weeks in a row, I know everybody's going to be like, well, from a storyline standpoint, it doesn't make sense because 
Baker at WrestleMania. But I think I think we have to be patient. I think down the road, somehow they're going to have to explain why Shane has been, quote-unquote, running um, Monday Night Raw uh, post-WrestleMania, even though he lost his match. Maybe they do a thing where Taker just kind of, you know, respected the fact that Shane went out there 30-plus minutes, hell in the cell, put his body on the line and had some kind of talk backstage with Vince or somebody and said, hey, you know, let him do it, or I'll give you my, my thumbs up to to let him run raw, even though he lost to me. But I, I don't know. I think for the time being, you know, fans can't be picky. We've been picky for two years about the whole storyline about the authorities, seeing Hunter and Stephanie every Monday um, running things and their 25-minute promos to begin raw and, you know, same old, same old. But now they're off TV, and our fans are like, well, why is Shane here if you lost the match? And it's like, listen, you got Shane McMahon back. It's something new. It's something refreshing. Um, last week and, and last night was, you know, it, everything was just different. You you have a baby-faced person running raw, um, you know, seeing the new talent, the, the call-ups from, from NXT. Um, they, did, they did a lot of things different than me and Grant spoke about on, on my show plenty of time with vignettes and video packaging and, matches that mean something uh, with stipulations, but um, I know people could say, well, that's not really Shane, quote-unquote, running it, but just to have it back on TV and kind of, you know, give some fresh matches, some fresh faces, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm all for it. Absolutely. I feel like despite the fact from a storyline standpoint, it makes zero sense, like we talked about RJ yesterday. It's great to see Shane running Raw. And I mean, I always look at like the positive of it. I feel like, as Randy said, it's a significant improvement over the authority, which we've had for the past three years now. We talked all about that a couple weeks ago here in the preview show for WrestleMania uh, here on WrestleRant Radio. But I thought it was a cool segment to kick off the show with him opening Raw, giving us, I think, two or three matches throughout the night. AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn, Charlotte versus Natalya for the Women's Championship, the start of a new tag team tournament, Kevin Owens versus Cesaro after Kevin Owens interrupted. That was a breath of fresh air, cool little interaction between those two. Um, But I feel like the most logical approach to explain away that little loophole as to why he's running Raw, and this was what was brought up after he even came back the first time two months ago, was that when Vince said initially to Shane that at WrestleMania, you'll be going one-on-one with The Undertaker inside Hell in a Cell. He never said he had to win in order to gain control of Raw. He just said he had to wrestle The Undertaker. And they later went back on that in subsequent promos and said if Shane wins, he gets control of Raw. So they went back on that. But there was that little hope there that he didn't have to win. He just had to survive the match with The Undertaker, and he did. Um, so that would explain to me why he would still be running Raw. But like Randy said, regardless... It's cool to see Shane O'Mac running Raw. I feel like the most logical storyline, the direction they're heading in anyway, and someone brought this up to me today on Twitter, is a match between Shane O'Mac and Triple H, presumably at SummerSlam. I feel like that's not a match they're going to give away at, like, fucking Battleground or something, but maybe not at Champions <laughs> or at, uh, at, at SummerSlam in a couple months. I mean, who knows? And we might be there, so that'd be great to see live. I would love to see Shane O'Mac wrestle in person, and you have already, RJ. Yeah. Almost seven years ago to the day. <laughs> Backlash, know. Dunkin' Donuts Center, Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. Backlash on hand. Great show. Great, Great show. show. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see that match happening at SummerSlam. So RJ, your thoughts on the whole dilemma with Shane McMahon running Raw again, uh, but despite these storyline insignificance or logic gaps, whatever, did you enjoy Shane O'Mac taking the reins of Raw for the second straight week? Yeah, I did uh, enjoy Shane O'Mac running Raw, but I said this last night. I, it, the only difference is instead of the heel authority, we've got a babyface Shane going in the whole 
You know, I'm a big KO guy, so the whole opening segment kind of pissed me off because it made zero sense. He said you have to earn your rematch, but even if you lose the title, you get an automatic rematch, which is, like, been happening for 30, 40 years now. So I didn't understand that at all, and obviously he was favoring the babyface throughout the night. So it, it is a fresh change, but it's just instead of, like, going both ways, just favoring the babyface now when the authority has favored all the heels. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Like I said, it's better than the authority right now because – Anything's better than they were. Like you said, they've been around for three years. People just wanted them to leave. And like you said, they, he came back because of overwhelming support from social media. Then why would Roman Reigns be champion? <laughs> why would all these people... Why wouldn't John Cena be a heel or something? Exactly. exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> you're right, you're media, right. You like, uh, responsibility or, like, like, upbringing. But, like, what it is what it is. Like, like you said, they're probably trying to find some loophole on why Shane's running raw. But like you said, it's fresh. It's new, and like you said, he 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 made new matches. Not saying like he actually made them, but fresh matches coming from him, and it kind of like makes the fans say, "Oh, look, Shane's bringing a change." And like Randy said, all the NXT call-ups and all the fresh matches we saw last night. It's it's a new change, and for after WrestleMania, it's actually fr- like freshening because usually we get like crappers and like crappy crap. Town. WrestleMania rematches yep. and blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last night we had Los Angeles, which was a really good crowd. Well, it's not Birmingham, Alabama. It's not Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> last week was post WrestleMania. Last night was Los Angeles, not one of those smarky crowds. So I don't want to hear, oh, it was Chicago, that's where they booed Roman. No, it was a relatively average average crowd, yeah. but enthusiasm wise, they were really really good. And the next week, as you pointed out, as they they're put at the bottom of the screen, they're in London next week. They're in England, which is always electric. So that should be a really good show too. But. uh Good show, really good crowd. They appreciated pretty much everything that we, you know, got last night. And as you said, RJ kind of transitioning into that. KO comes out complaining like, why am I not? Why am I not in the main event? Why is Sami Zayn getting another, another opportunity at the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and I'm not? And Shane Max said, hey, you got beat, you lost. I'll give you another chance to go for another championship, your IC championship. You're not invoking your rematch. You'll get your chance at a rematch if you can beat this man. Cesaro comes out, have a SummerSlam rematch. Really, really good match. Um, great match to kick off the show. In the end, Cesaro goes over clean. New number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship. So, RJ, I know you're a big KO fan, like you said. I was wearing my Cesaro shirt last night. I was very happy to see the Swiss Superman emerge victorious in, uh, in a great, great match. But what were your thoughts on Cesaro and Owens, despite the fact that it didn't make any sense from a storyline standpoint, match itself, and are you excited for Miz and Cesaro for the IC title? Um, I thought it was a really good match. Um, probably better than a SummerSlam match. I thought that match was pretty forgettable. I really don't remember much from being there live. But um, I think last night was a really entertaining uh, match. Like I said, Cesaro went over clean. But once they announced Cesaro versus Owens, you had to know Owens was going to lose. And then probably cost Zayn later on in the night. He didn't. But it's that's pretty much the direction they're going with now with Zayn and Owens. But um, Cesaro and Miz should be interesting. But I hope... It's not like I hope because I really don't like the Miz. I like Cesaro a lot better, but I don't want to go to payback and then Cesaro just wins the title. Be flip-flopping the title like four or five times in a matter of two months. So I hope Cesaro wins, but then it just like diminishes the like, Intercontinental Championship from how high it was to now everyone's holding it now that it doesn't really mean much. Everyone gets a reign. Like, everyone gets a trophy, pretty much. <laughs> Ryder gets a trophy. Miz gets a trophy. Kevin Owen gets a trophy. Maybe Cesaro will, too. Come payback, we'll see. But I know I kind of know the answer to this question. But were you at all disappointed that Zack Ryder is no longer featured in the IC title picture? Not at all. <laughs> I didn't think so. 
I'm a, no. I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I love Zack Ryder, and I thought and they had a great match on SmackDown last week too. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't at all shocked that he's no longer featured in the picture. I feel I felt like it was just a WrestleMania moment, and Tom brought it up to me today, and he made a great point that um, WrestleMania 32 is more about moments. We talked all about it last week, but he reiterated that today to me. It was more about moments than it was putting forth storylines. Raw, I would say, last week did a better job of getting me excited for the immediate future of the WWE. Um, so Zack Ryder's out of the picture. Randy, your thoughts on Cesaro and Owens last night on Raw and your thoughts as on Cesaro as the new number one contender to the IC title? Um, I, I did like the match. Um, I, I, I did, you know, if you guys will follow me, I did say that at the end of Raw that that was one of the, you know, three pay-per-view quality-like matches we saw on Raw last night with mm-hmm. that match, the, the women's title uh, match, and, of course, the uh, AJ Styles match. So, um, with Cesaro, I, I, I like the, this new revamp thing he has coming from the other side of the entrance. He's coming out with a suit like, like, like he's 007 and everything. I don't know if you noticed it, but he had the 007 circle in the background. Uh, on that video display, so he has some James Bond thing going on. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I like it. It's something new to his character and him defeating Kevin Owens um, last night. It to me, it does two things. One, it, it finally gets Kevin Owens out of the IC title matchup. I think sooner or later down the road he'll be going for the world title, so that does him a favor, and then he can go into the whole Sami Zayn rivalry, which I think I think they should have a match at Payback. Um, it puts Cesaro in the IC title match with with the Miz and like RJ said, like the the, the Intercontinental Belt, um, you know, going back way back was always considered. You know, if you had that belt, you were considered the second best wrestler, in, you know, in the whole company. And it was the the workhorse of title. If you if you won it, it's prestige, the whole legacy about it. And now the belt just gets flip flopped every every week, every other week. And it's, it's, it's the first match at, at a WrestleMania, and it's like, back in the day, I don't want to sound like, like, like I'm an old guy, but back in the day, that used to be right in the middle of the, middle of the card, um, you know, t- you know, near the, um, late in the card. But now, it's like, flip-flop, Zack Ryder, Miz, Kevin Owens two or three times, and it's like, somehow, way, I really thought Daniel Bryan was going to bring back the whole prestige before he got injured and everything last year at WrestleMania. And um, then it was Dolph Ziggler, then it was some other people. I, I don't, I don't, I can't even tell you the last ten IC title champions outside of Miz and Zack Ryder and Kevin Owens. So it, that shows you that they're, they're switching the title too much. If Cesaro wins, no, hey, all good for him. But it's like, hey, man, we just saw a switch a few weeks ago. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Miz kept it. Because I think they're working with his heel character even more, adding Maurice to the to the to the equation. And I think that if you read the social media, some people are are liking this new Miss character. It's a little different than what he normally has done. And like I said, he's added Maurice to the whole fray. And if Cesaro leaves Payback without the Intercontinental Belt, I, I'm not surprised. But then it's like. If Cesaro does win, what happens to the Miz? Like mm-hmm. Zack Ryder lost last week, and he wasn't even on Raw last night. You know, Ryback mm-hmm. lost the match at WrestleMania. He hasn't been on Raw in two weeks, so it's like at some point they got to be consistent with it. But don't just have the Miz lose the belt to Cesaro, and now Cesaro is, is the IC champ. But then 
what do you do with the Miz? Uh, what a rematch? Like, are we gonna go back and forth with this? Mm-hmm. I think letting Cesaro build, build, climb that ladder to become the Intercontinental Champ. Maybe not payback. Maybe not the following. But you know, soon. Like, you know, like, like you said, SummerSlam is right, right around the corner. They might do it there. But again, but then again, uh, Graham and, and RJ, we don't know. They might do it on Raw. We have no idea. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad Cesaro is back. He, looks healthy in great shape uh, the fans have been waiting for him for so long and um i thought it, that his, his match with kevin owens was, was great absolutely like you said the entrance alone i think makes him look like a star the 007 the the james bond villain look that he comes out with the glasses and the suit and he rips it off and the logo in the background is great they got a new shirt for yeah. him out now with the cesaro section shirt it's great so, um, yeah, I agree. I hope they don't take the title off Miz as soon as the next pay-per-view. I, I'm among those people that really like the pairing of Miz and Maurice. It's a natural fit. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I mean, Maurice has been married to Miz for years now. They've been in a relationship for the past, like, eight years. So I don't know why they, ne- they never did it five, six years ago when she was still with the company. But uh, nevertheless, it's a great pairing. It makes the most sense. Building up Cesaro, like you said, Randy, in chase mode, giving him the championship at Extreme Rules or the pay-per-view after that or SummerSlam or whatever. Makes the most sense to me, but I think it can be a good match. Um, they gave Miz some good character development last night, and having him like Maurice bitch about like him not having like only green M and M's and like garbage like that, you know, like Hollywood A lister stuff. Like it's great little mannerisms that make the character. So I thought that was good. Um, so after that, we had the beginning of the WWE Number One Contender Tag Team Title Tournament, presented by or sponsored rather by Bootios. They make sure that you ain't booty. Love the tag team tournament. Love the new day. So they came out, introduced the teams. Um, I can't tell you the brackets off the top of my head, but we did have our first match, though. The Dudley Boys versus the Lucha Dragons. Kind of a disappointing match. And it's kind of confusing in retrospect because when I initially, when I wrote my review for Raw last night, I'm thinking, okay, Kalisto's hurt. Apparently, he's not hurt. He's making the media rounds today, and he's working SmackDown tonight. I haven't read the spoilers. I don't read the spoilers. I'll just find out on Thursday, but I assume he's not hurt. So I don't know why he spent a majority of the match on the ground, and the match looked totally improvised. You know, look, it was Dudley Boys on offense for like 95% Sin Cara maybe gotten one move before they hit a very awkward 3D on Sin Cara. It was very strange. Um, but thankfully, they made up for it afterwards by, you know, Enzo and Cass coming out, you know, running down the Dudley Boys in a great uh, verbal encounter. I thought that was great. Great promo from Enzo Amore, Colin Cassidy. Still a little shaky in the mic. I know that RJ, that was one of your big criticisms, but I think you'll get more comfortable and less nervous over time. Um, but that made up for the mess of a match that we got before that. So, RJ, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the tag team title tournament to determine the new number one contenders to the WWE Tag Team Championships, the match itself, and the post-match uh, stuff with Enzo and Cass. A lot of stuff to dissect here, but your thoughts. Um, the tournament as a whole, I like the idea. Um, I don't know if they have enough strong enough tag teams. There, I think there's eight teams. Eight teams, right? Yes. I think pretty much each of the first round, there's at least one team that's just absolutely awful. So... Um, it is what it is, I guess. Like you said, they're trying to make it kind of interesting, making a new number one contender, just not saying like, oh, like I bumped you backstage, so we're going to fight now. They do that all the time now. But um, You spilled my coffee. Yeah, exactly. You get a shot of my title. so stupid. But um, (laughs) I think it's a good idea. I think it's pretty obvious who's going to win. But um, it's like you said, it's something new. It makes matches mean something. That match last night, like you said, very awkward. Um, Looked like Sinkar was hurt. uh, Kalisto was hurt. And they said they were kind of just improvising. They missed a few spots. They tried to go for a 3D, and then, like, some car, like, ran into Devon, and then they just, like, kind of, like, went off that. And then, like you said, Enzo and Cass came out. 
Um, no, I don't think it was that that big. Um, Enzo said his usual sticked, and uh, Colin Cassidy was shaking in his boots as usual. Um, very nervous on the mic. He, I feel like he just doesn't like. It's not how he said. It's not what he's saying. It's how he delivers. It's the what execution. He says. Yes. He kind of like says it like wicked slow and like piece by piece by piece. So he kind of seemed. It sounds, sounds scripted. Yeah. He sounds scripted and sounds awkward. Not as awkward as Jacqueline from uh, the, the Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame. but uh, <laughs> pretty bad. So um, like you said, the tournament is a good idea because it actually makes matches mean something. But like f- half the tournament's just a bunch of losers. Your thoughts on the tournament, Randy, and the match and the post-match encounter from uh, Enzo and Cass and the Dudley Boys? Um, I like it. Uh, I think anytime you have a tournament, whether it's for the tag belts, intercontinental, or world title, it's always something fun to watch because you just, you know, you never know who's gonna who's gonna win. And um, I, I, they have these new tag teams coming up with Enzo and Cass, and um, I think the Vault Villains. If, if I'm wrong, correct me. I think I think the Vault Villains are in the tournament. Yeah, um, they are. And then, uh, and, and, you know, now that they do the promos for the um, Primo, whatever the other guy, so they're, they're, they're really taking to a different level where they, they need to add on to the, to the tag team division. I wrote on Twitter last night that, um, you know, now it feels like they have like nine, ten tag teams, but which is great, but now all they have to do now is switch the tag team belts because those belts are, are terrible to me. Yes, so yes. It's, it's a matter of time they change those belts, but... Um, hopefully soon, but I, I like the tournament. I saw the first two matches. I think the other ones are coming up on SmackDown. Who, who's going to win? Um, I don't know. I, they, you know, I, they had the Usos match later on and the Bullet Club, so it's just like really, really, really getting, um, you know, really getting excited for the whole tag team titles. And I think it helps the New Day because they can't keep, they can't keep going against the Dudleys and the Usos and you know the the Lucha Dragons. At some point. It's like I've seen this match forty times. We need some, we need some new characters in here, and maybe maybe the the reign of the New Day as tag team champions are coming to a close soon. I don't think that's soon, but I think by SummerSlam we'll have new tag teams. But I think they're going to keep on building Enzo and Cass. We'll see how the Vault Villains do with with the crowd reaction. Uh, I think I seen I saw that match on SmackDown pretty good. Um, I'm not going to stand here and say I've seen every match they they had down in NXT, but I think anything that's new and fresh to the Raw roster, um, the fans will get acclimated to that. Uh, as you see, every time this, um, Enzo talks on the microphone, the crowd goes crazy. Um, so I, I, I think it's, it's going to go well, and I think I hope the payoff is, is something special that we're not just having a tag team tournament and then like in, in the finals, it's, it's not a good match or not a good finish or it's not the new day dropping the bells to the next new tag team that could take take the bells to a different level. So mm-hmm. I like the idea. I'm a big fan of tournaments. Just hope that the payoff um, goes well. Hopefully so. Like I told you last night, I mean, uh, you know, when RJ and I were talking this yesterday, I mean, you look at the division itself. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's half the teams in this tournament are losers, but there's still teams. We got eight teams here. We got Gallows and Anderson who might insert themselves in the tournament, which we'll get to soon enough. Primo and Epico, the New Day itself, the Wyatt family, the League of Nations, that's like 12 teams right there. 12 yeah, but the League teams. of Nations and the Wyatts aren't even in it. They're, they're not. But they're I'm probably saying, the two strongest teams. That they are, are yeah. Well, <laughs> the League of Nations are losers, but I know what you mean. But I'm just saying that's how many teams that we have, yeah. which is great, that you always have those two teams. Like if the New Day wins and they beat their whoever wins this tournament, the Wyatt family can always come in and they could face the New Day. Like there's a lot of fresh matchups. And that's not even including the potential you know, pairing of 
O'Neal and Darren Young when he comes back. Maybe if they reunite those two, who knows? So, so there's a lot of potential tag teams out there, which is great. So I'm liking the the uh, landscape of the WWE tag team division. I think, like Randy said, I mean, even if the New Day hold the championships until SummerSlam would be amazing because they've held the championships since SummerSlam as it is. No team has ever held the championship for a full-on year. The only team that came close to WWE tag team titles was London and Kendrick, as you said. Really close. It was 11 months, I think. So they came really, really <laughs> close. Um, New Day could beat the record. I hope they beat the record at this point. After they retained at Mania and they retained on Raw, I'm thinking they got to beat the record now. Uh, but now that Gallows and Anderson have arrived on Raw, there's a chance they might drop the belts to the Bullet Club members. So we'll see. We'll talk about that shortly. So after that, speaking of League of Nations, Roman Reigns comes out, the dawn of the Roman Empire. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy for the third time in the last week. It's a great line, but they're shoving it down our throats, which is probably what they want. But anyway, I like this arrogant, cocky side of Roman. What was that? I said, what else is new? (laughs) Exactly. That's been been the the, the theme of Roman Reigns forever, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But... uh, Anyway, so he gets a promo talking about, you know, AJ Styles become the number one contender, blah, blah, blah. I'm liking the new arrogant, cocky side of Roman Reigns. If they keep this up, it's better than the whole, you know, believe that garbage or, you know, pretending to be a babyface. Yeah. At least he's acknowledging that the fans don't like him. Like, that's, I, I like that. Just don't repeat the same garbage, the same material, whatever. So League of Nations come out. My eyes roll. I do not care about this group. It led to a very interesting match when the Wyatt family came out, clear League of Nations from the ring. They're not a threat whatsoever. Um, but it led to Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt versus Sheamus and was it Barrett? Or not Barrett, sorry, Del Rio, right? Del Rio. Del Rio and Rusev was the manager. Um, it led to that in the main event slot. But uh, Randy, your thoughts in the segment. What was it like for you seeing Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt side by side for the first time ever? Um, I liked it. I, You know, Grant, you, you know me. I've been a big Bray Wyatt fan for so long. And um, just seeing him... And a, a, a new kind of fresh program. I know he had the rivalry with, with Reigns uh, last year, but just see, just seeing him in like this borderline tweener, good guy, bad guy, you, you just don't know yet kind of mode. Um, it's different. I think it's you know refreshing for him and, and the entire wide family. They've been um, going through a year of. Not really knowing, not not really knowing what to do with Bray and Luke and 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 Strowman. It's just they've been in this gutter, and it's like you have everybody else going to the top, or other other, other people being on Raw and SmackDown, pay per views, main events, getting um, title matches, and, and Bray and, and the Wyatt are just like chilling, just like hey, I'm just collecting a check and don't know what to do. But now when you see him in Reigns. It's like, hey, now, like, can I trust Bray Wyatt? Are they using Roman Reigns to rub up Bray Wyatt to be like? Because if you have Bray and Reigns, and it, it, you know, in the ring at the same time, the fans are going to cheer for Bray Wyatt, not not Roman Reigns. So maybe they did that intentionally to, you know, pick up Bray Wyatt's character. But to be in a tag team match on the same side against the League of Nations and. Everybody hates the League of Nations, so that's, that's, that benefits Reigns and, and, and Bray Wyatt. But seeing them on, on, on the tag team, same side, Bray got the hot tag. I'm like, whoa, Like, what am I watching? And is Bray Wyatt going full babyface mode? He's going to the crowd, waving his hands. I'm like, dude, this is like <laughs> Bray Wyatt, a good guy? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm not complaining. It's something new. And my thing is, is don't do something last night and then don't do something next week or to follow it or really keep going and make this 
this guy who's very talented and, and, and um, his buddies, the Wyatt family, don't do nothing with them. I think going going forward, maybe they, maybe they found something. They just don't know it yet. But I think going forward, keeping him in the borderline, tweener, babyface, um, heel kind of role, where you, you just never know what he's going to do. I think you keep him in that mode for, for quite some time and just keep watching every week to see what he, what he's going to do because the promos may sound like he's a bad guy, but now his mannerisms in the ring, getting the hot tags and waving to the crowd, like, you know, that's a, bit, that's a whole John Cena type move. So, you know, we'll see with that. Uh, I'm happy for him. I just hope that they, you know, this leads to something for him, you know, getting in more main events, a title match. Bray Wyatt has never had a title match to my to my knowledge. Outside of the money in the bank, he's never had a title match, solo or tag team title. It, it, at some point, you got to give this man something that he deserves. I think going forward, they'll give him that. I was going to bring it up at the end, but we got to talk about it now. I'm so excited to talk about this now. Bray Wyatt is a baby face. Like, we'll talk about the main event right now, pretty much. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns versus Sheamus and Del Rio. The match I thought was going to be crap just because no one cares about League of Nations and Wyatt family just turned babyface and no one cares about Roman Reigns. or They don't like Roman Reigns, rather. And the match was really, really good. Randy, like you said, that hot tag was untouchable. And Archie, you said this morning on Twitter, you said this morning that that hot tag is money. Bray Wyatt as a babyface is money. This isn't new news. This is... Not anything, any new developments. People have been saying this for years. You go back two years ago when coming off the match with John Cena that he should not have lost the WrestleMania 30. People were chanting, he's got the whole world in his yep. hands. Like That's when people want to get behind Bray Wyatt. They want to cheer for this guy. And they just they went against the grain for whatever reason. They kept him heel. And he's a... In theory, like on paper, it's a great heel character, but they never really booked it to its full potential. Like you said, RJ, you got a new article coming up yesterday, on the, uh, coming up tomorrow, rather, on the website about how this face turn could revitalize the career of Bray Wyatt, and I thoroughly, 100%, absolutely agree. I think this could be exactly what, not only Bray Wyatt, but what the roster needs to get that shiny arm of excitement for in terms of the baby faces. I mean, we have a lot of great baby faces right now. I mean, look at AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Dean Ambrose to an extent, and now Bray Wyatt too. Um, I think, as you said, Randy, I mean, putting him in the ring with the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and then two former world champions in Del Rio and Sheamus will solidify Bray Wyatt as the main event star, the star that he should have been and still can be in the future. RJ, your thoughts on uh, the Eater of Worlds as a babyface going forward? Uh, I think it's great. Um, like, like Randy said, I've been a big fan of Bray Wyatt since he's made his... Uh, WWE debuted. I even liked it when he was Husky Harris. I always thought um, he had something for this company, and I thought the whole Wyatt family thing was like that new character that the WWE really didn't venture off of because kind of Undertaker was that kind of that one role. And I thought, you know, Bray Wyatt's going to go into WrestleMania 30, beat John Cena, you know, he'll get all this momentum, probably win a title down the line. You know, that, that totally didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> Lost to Cena, and then, like, like you said, Kind of was floundered the rest of the year. And then he beat Dean Ambrose in a good feud. Then he lost to The Undertaker. And then all last year they kind of kind of floundered around. And he only really beat Reigns when people were helping him. And he lost every time he was by himself. And then like we thought he was going to face Lesnar. And then he got didn't wrestle at all at WrestleMania and got made fun of by The Rock. Eater Hot Pockets. Eater Hot Pockets <laughs> got taken up by Rock and Cena. So I was like... What I'm like, they have to do something with this guy. Like you said, they've been wanting him to be babyface for so long. 
Like I said, the whole Fireflies, there's there's an audience there. If no one cared about them, they wouldn't do it. So there, there's some there's some caring there that they're going to do it even if they don't like him or they don't care about him. Like, it still happens. So even as a baby face, like, that could even get even over even more. But I think this baby face turn pretty much, like Randy said, tweener baby face was exactly what he needed, and so did the family, because the family was pretty much dead at this point, too. Like you said, that hot tag last night was amazing. Comes in, takes out Dario, Sheamus, comes, and then Rusev attacks, hits him at the end. They, uh, they do the whole cryptic thing, I don't even know what you call it. Then uh, Strowman and Rowan come out, start beating the hell out of Rusev. And then he gives a nice kiss in the forehead, pins uh, Dario, one, two, three. And they kind of kept doing that, like... Is he gonna attack Roman now? And he kind of, they kind of like tease that tension. But like you said, it's like a new, fresh thing that Bray Wyatt definitely needed. And like you said, it's like a new shot into the roster because, like you said, they have the baby faces. But like Dean Ambrose has been baby face for like two years now. Like they got that new baby face that like finally turned from heel. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, especially with like Orton and Rollins coming back and Cena. So they might not. Turn they might not turn Rollins' face now because they have Bray Wyatt now his face. Yeah, that's true. That's good long term booking. We'll have to see where that goes in the near future. But speaking solely yeah, of Bray real Wyatt, quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, real quick. About, about Bray Wyatt. Now mm-hmm. I know me and RJ are big uh, Bray Wyatt fans. <laughs> this may make you laugh. How painful was it to see? You know, not saying they're not talented or whatever, but how painful was it to see Ryback right and Zack Ryder get a get a get a title match at <laughs> at, at, at a WrestleMania? And then I know I know there was rumors that he that Bray was hurt, the, the lower back, and everything. That's why he didn't fight a roadblock. But still, Ryback and Zack Ryder have title matches at a WrestleMania, and Bray Wyatt is not even on the card, not even nowhere near a title picture. Like just just sit back and, and just think about that real quick. Exactly. Like uh, even last year, he faced uh, Ryback at Payback, I believe. Right? It was Payback. Yep. Beat him. Next month, Limits Chamber, they had the Intercontinental Championship match. Was he even on the show? Ryback won the title. Ryback won the, ti- <laughs> won the title in the match. Bray Wyatt was even on the show. It made no <laughs> sense. And, and, and Bray Wyatt was nowhere near. I think, I think that was a Chamber match or something yep. like that. Yep, yep, yep. I'm like, hey, where, where's Bray Wyatt? <laughs> <laughs> he beat Ryback. He still Wyatt exists. Yeah, no. But also, also the, real quick, I think it, it might have looked like uh, you know, here they go, embarrassing Bray Wyatt. But I think what The Rock did at WrestleMania for Bray Wyatt is the reason why you saw him yesterday in this kind of tweener, babyface role. Because when The Rock said that he praised Bray Wyatt before they did all the other stuff, like that really helped the character of Bray Wyatt. You know, over 100,000 people were chanting or clapping for Bray Wyatt once The Rock said those words about him. And I think... The people in the back was like, hey, you mean to tell me 100,000 people are fans of Bray Wyatt? Now let's do something with him. Whether the following night, I'm not too sure, but I know last night the rub that The Rock gave him at WrestleMania really helped out. And, we, and last night was, was definitely proof, proof of that. I think there was a report coming out of Mania that Rock wanted to work with the Wyatt family. Like in a match or some sort of segment, like he directly wanted to work with them at WrestleMania and he got his wish. So I don't know, because he wanted to work with them, that's why they were kept out of a match. Which, again, we talked about this last week or maybe during the show itself. I don't remember if it's on record or not. But we were saying that there really wasn't any reason why they couldn't have had a match between them. Like done what they're doing now with between the Wyatt family and League of Nations and then put New Day in the Dudley Boys and Usos match. That made the most sense to me. They could have done Wyatt Family, League of Nations, and Mania, beat League of Nations, 
And then he comes out later on in the night, like a la Triple H last year. He beats Sting, comes out later on, gets the shit kicked out of him by Ronda Rousey. Like, there's no reason why they couldn't have wrestled on WrestleMania. Like, right. like Randy said, I mean, Ryder and Ryback love the guys. Sinkara. Freaking Sinkara. Shaq. Shaq gets a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> Tatanka! Tatanka! Tatanka gets a match at WrestleMania oh, before Bray Wyatt. It's crazy. But, um... Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think this guy can be an absolute money babyface down the line. I think more so than anything else, I'm just so sad that Luke Harper's injured. Because I feel like coming out of this feud with League of Nations, and people have been pitching, oh, heel Rowan versus face Bray, which would be great. I don't see them going that direction. Maybe we'll see down the line. But I feel like coming out of payback, we're going to see Wyatt and maybe Strowman or Rowan or whoever in the tag team division. A Bray Wyatt and Harper tag team versus Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows would be money. That tag team title feud would be absolute money. Um, so maybe down the line, because they feel like Bray Wyatt getting that hot tag a la, you know, like Jason Jordan and NXT, it's going to be great. I mean, like you guys are saying, like WWE title, even hell if it's the US or IC championship, which at this point, it might as well be. Kalisto is doing nothing with that championship. I like Kalisto a lot. They should be doing more with him, but... The guy is barely doing anything. So give He's that championship. doing tag team matches and losing on SmackDown. Bray Wyatt's doing tag team matches. Give the belt to him. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. So we'll see. But um, love Wyatt as a babyface. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited to see where it goes, which is something I do not normally say about a lot of things the Wyatt family are involved in. Not because I don't like them. I've always liked them. Like, you know, RJ we talked about. But it's not that I don't care about them. I just don't care about their booking. You know, people ask all the time, what's next to the Wyatt family? What's next? No one cares because they always lose. But I think as baby faces, there's something to that, and I can't wait to see where it goes. So after that, for the WWE Women's Championship, Charlotte defending against Natalia, another really, really good match. Dr. Phil on commentary for some weird reason. And he didn't do bad, too bad either. I thought he did pretty decent. Um, the backstage segment I thought was fine when he was doing the woo-off with Ric Flair. Um, I thought he would interfere in the match and kind of you know, get rid of Ric Flair at ringside. That didn't happen, but that was whatever. He was pretty much praising women's wrestling, which is... All right, so he did a decent job. But the match itself, really good match. Nothing out of the ordinary from Charlotte and Natalia. You know, RJ, you were not a fan of the finish. But um, I thought the DQ finish wasn't shocking just because they figured they would build to a rematch of Payback. But I loved the execution of it. I love the fact that Natalia had Charlotte tapping out to the, to the sharpshooter. And then the bell rings. And the referee, or rather the fans think that she had championship, she had won the title. But he was actually ringing the bell for the disqualification after Ric Flair pulled out the referee. I thought that was great. Charlotte, her facial expressions were money. She was like, oh, shit, I lost the match. And like, oh, no, wait, I won. And she was happy. I thought that was really good. So really, really good match. Um, I know, RJ, you were talking about last week. Natalia is not the most exciting prospect, not, not the most exciting number one contender to the WWE Women's Championship right now. But I feel like the matches themselves can be really good. Good match last night. Good finish. Good booking of it. And um, we'll see where it goes going into payback. So your thoughts on the match last night, specifically the finish. And I know one little logic gap, one little, uh, um, you know, one little thing that didn't make as much sense in, in terms of restarting the match that you pointed out. Yeah, I th like you said, I thought the match was good. They've had three or four matches by this point, and they've all been pretty much all the same. They've all been good standard wrestling matches. But um, I did, I, like you said, I, now that you're saying like they thought, like the fans thought that she won, so it was kind of like a good like sway of the fans. But like. Shane McMahon's running out all night saying all this stuff. Why wouldn't he just come out and say, you know what, restart the match? That's why I didn't understand because he was doing it all night with everyone else. So why wouldn't he just come out and do that? Especially because he'd be helping out the baby faces, which he was doing all night anyways. So, um, like I said, I don't think Natalia... I think Natalia's good as a wrestler, but she, what's her 10th year in the company? 
She's fought against Charlotte like three or four times. I think she, it's just like it is. It's just a filler feud right now because they're waiting for Banks and maybe Becky down the line. But like, come on, like do something different. I don't know. I just not not that I don't like Natalia. It's something we've seen so much that like I've seen this match three or four times. I don't need to see it again. Charlotte's won every time. Like I don't need to see it. It's a rehash of an old feud we've yeah. seen like three or four times, like you said. But at least the matches are good, so like, I can't like complain. Like you said, Charlotte did have good face like reaction. Not sure Seth yeah. Rollins, though, from... Uh, oh, when he freaked out at uh, Elimination Chamber? I think it was Elimination when Chamber. When Ambrose yeah. won and they like reversed yeah. the decision. Yeah. Like, yeah. screaming. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great gift, by the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> great facial expression from uh, from the man, Seth Rollins. But, <laughs> you know, really, really good match last night. So, uh, Randy, your thoughts on the WWE Women's title match between Charlotte and Natalia? Um, like RJ said, it was a good match, but you know, how many times are we going to see Charlotte and, and, and Maddie go at it? It's like, you know, we saw that roadblock, and I think Rick Flair had something something to, to do with that, and Charlotte got the, the win, and I think they fought like three, four, five times in the last several weeks. Again, with kind of sort of the, the same finish, Rick Flair always, you know, intervening in, in the matchup, but I'm just like, hey, look, hey, referee. Uh, you did not see not see Charlotte tap out at the same time he was she was ringing the bell and it's like <laughs> like I don't know from a storyline standpoint if the referee if if it was made out that the ref called for the bell but saw the tap out and said that Maddie won and then create all kind of altercations okay now you're adding suspense to the storyline but now it's like oh it's it's one more DQ match Charlotte wins, Ric Flair with, with the DQ, and then now it's like, what happens to Natty? Oh, let me guess, are they going to fight again at payback for, with, like, no DQ, no outside interference, Ric Flair banned from ringside, like, where else can they go with Natty and Charlotte? I, I love both. I, I'm, I'm a big Charlotte fan, so her winning put a smile on my face, but I'm just saying that how many times are, are they going to fight, how many times are they going to have the same kind of finish and not add any suspense to it, but when I saw the referee call for the bell, same time, I could have sworn he saw Charlotte tapping. If he would have made a note of that, or said she tapped, you could have all kind of confusion. Did she tap before the DQ? Did she tap before this? And it creates some kind of stipulation that at payback, Ric Flair's man for ringside or something, that there's, there's no DQ in this match. That if Ric Flair gets involved in the match at payback, Charlotte automatically loses her title. Do something like that, but now you're just leaving another match wasted. A good match, but it's wasted with mm-hmm. a DQ. Then then what happens next week? Then what happens at payback? So it's like it's cool, but it's like at some point we gotta finish this storyline off properly. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of repercussion. There can't be just another standard singles match at the pay-per-view. I'm not saying there's need to be there needs to be a divas ladder match or a women's ladder match in the next pay-per-view. Maybe save that for later down the line, but. Like you said, we saw the same finish at WrestleMania that we've been seeing basically ever since Ric Flair came back to TV as a regular. He always interferes in Charlotte's right. matches, so there's got to be some sort of end game. This can't be a case of like with Stephanie McMahon where she's interfering all the time and she never gets her come up in. So a spear from Roman Reigns, whoop-de-doo, like she's going to be back the next week anyway. There's got to be some of the Ric Flair where, like you said, where he's going to be banned from ringside or someone comes to the aid of, I don't know, Jim Neidhart comes down or Bret Hart or somebody comes down. That's not happening, but it would be like something like that. Like that's how Charlotte won the NXT Women's Championship to begin with. Now they didn't interfere, but Bret Hart was in the corner of Natalia, and Ric Flair was in the corner of Charlotte. Um, so if she evens up the odds, and maybe Bret Hart's 
in Chicago for payback for the uh, for the rematch of the pay-per-view when it's you know it's has yet to be confirmed. I'm just speculating here, but there's got to be some sort of stipulation. They can't do the same thing over again because why? I mean, what's stopping Charlotte from cheating again, or rather having Ric Flair interfere again? In the rematch, the so hopefully in the rematch, which I'm sh- I'm sure is going to be good. Their matches are always really really good, but like you guys said, it's basically a filler feud, so I'm not really mad about this. And then beyond that, they could have Becky get back in the title chase, maybe call up Bailey or get Banks back in there. I don't know what she's doing now. It seems like we're getting Becky and Emma, which is great. Um, Sasha wasn't on Raw last night, so we'll see where they go with her. But um, I'm looking forward to the match, but there has to be some sort of stipulation, like Randy said. So moving forward from there, the next match, the next quarterfinal match in the WWE Tag Team Title Number One Contenders Tournament between the Usos and the Social Outcasts, pretty throwaway match. The Usos went on a roll-up, but afterwards was what had everybody talking on social media. The Bullet Club members, or former Bullet Club members, I guess at this point, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. I said Doc Gallows before, but WWE is officially going by Luke Gallows now, which is good. They're not ignoring his past history with the company. But uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson make their WWE debuts, re-debuts, what have you, by attacking the Usos in a great, strong re-debut, whatever you want to call it. Um, Great first impression made by the former Bullet Club members. I have no idea whether they're going to be inserting themselves in the tournament or helping AJ or Balor or whatever. Right now, I feel like it's just going to be Gallows and Anderson. No Balor, no Styles, maybe down the line, which is good. I feel like you can build to that and not you know, deliver it right on night one. So I like that a lot. And it gives the show a sense of urgency more so than anything else. Someone texted me right after this happened saying, I I went out for five minutes at Starbucks and I missed it. Like, what the hell happened? Like, you can't miss a moment of Raw. That's what happens. Even during the most inconsequential matches, this sort of thing could happen. You never know. And that's the kind of urgency we need back on Raw that was evident during the Attitude Era. But the match itself was whatever, but the debut or re-debut, whatever, of Gallows and Anderson was great, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. So, Randy, what was your first impression when you saw Gallows and Anderson uh, come back on Monday Night Raw? Well, Graham, you're probably going to laugh, but while the Usos and Social Outcasts were having a, a, a wrestling mat classic, um, <laughs> I, I was watching the the Lakers and Thunder game on NBA TV, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, Usos and Outcasts? Click Kobe, Kevin Durant, <laughs> then and then I click back, and then I seen these two guys coming down. They they tearing up the Usos, and it took me two seconds. Like, what's going on? Oh, okay, now now I know who, who these guys are. So I don't know how the match went. I don't know if they came out to ring music, where they came from, the main ramp, or just for the crowd. I have no idea. But to me, I'm not a big Usos fan. I I just think they that character is really boring and bland, and it's just something about them. Not saying they're not you know, great wrestlers, but the character is just not, uh, you know, very appealing to me. So now you have the Bullet Club guys involved with them. They they take them out and they, they do their thing. Now, before I go further, now, is there a reason why they're not calling them the Bullet Club or they, they're going by the real names or did they mention Bullet Club by name last night? Um, they didn't say Bullet Club by name, but I think New Japan has the trademark on Bullet Club, so they're not going to be using that okay. name. But they did like refer to it on social media. They're like, like a bullet, Gallows and Anderson make an impact. So they're not calling uh, them Bullet Club, but they did reference their New Japan work, though. Okay, so I mean, hey man, those guys are there. I, I, I recall Gallows being there with the whole CM Punk thing, Straight yeah. Edge. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew who, who uh, he was, but again... Two new guys out of nowhere revamping the, the, the tag team division the same way that um, the Dullies and Enzo and Cass are going at it. And now, you know, 
Gallows and, and Anderson are going to go at it with Usos and maybe help the characters of the Usos because it's not going to help the outcasts. I don't think they're going to be involved uh, with those two tag teams, but it, it definitely remains to be seen. Um, again, there was no vignette, no video package. They, they, they just came out and did, and did their thing. I don't know if a vignette or video package would have would have helped um, just kind of get the buzz going um, like they did for Baron Corbin last night. But, hey, man, I, I'm all for new talent or new fresh talent. And if it's if it's going to take me away from seeing the Usos and the Lucha Dragons and fighting for the 45th time, so be it. At least I'll see the Usos fight these two guys. and It, it should be interesting that the tag team tournament, might have a team missing. They might put Gallows and, and, and Anderson in that spot. And now you're going to have maybe them and someone Cass and the other other people, the, the, the Dudley. So it, it, it sounds like it could get interesting. But then, like I said, it remains to be seen how the, the tournament ends up. But um, social media was going crazy for, for the Bullet Club. And I'm like, oh. And, and I, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I've been watching what they've been doing recently. I've I, I definitely heard about them. But as long as it's something new, we can thank Shane McMahon, quote-unquote, we can thank Shane McMahon for bringing these guys to, to, to the roster and bringing some new, fresh talent up there. Exactly. Bottom line, it's something new. It's something fresh. Exactly. I've only seen some of their work from New Japan, but I know Luke Gallows from his previous WWE run is running TNA as well <clears throat> as Doc. Um, he's a great talent. Carl Anderson speaks for himself as well. Really established season veteran. These guys are going to make an immediate impact in the WWE Tag Team Division. So... To me, it seems like they're going to take out the Usos. They're going to enter themselves in the tournament, win the tournament, and then they can win the belts and maybe feed with the Usos and New Day or New Day Usos. There's a lot of ways they can go with this, which is what makes me the most excited. And I like the way they debuted, too. People are like, oh, why would they debut by attacking the Usos? Why wouldn't they debut in the main event by attacking Roman Reigns or aligning with AJ or whatever? Because that's what everyone expected. you got to do the opposite. Not saying always swerve the audience, but like I said, it was something unpredictable. Randy, you said yourself you were watching the basketball game last night. They took people by surprise by debuting them after a match that no one cared about. So you got to keep people on their toes. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing where these guys go from here. They're a great tag team. It's going to be another strong addition to another growing WWE tag team division. So it should be fun to watch. Uh, RJ, your immediate reaction to the uh, Bullet Club members arriving on Raw? I thought it was great. Um, like you, like Randy said, he, he missed... He unfortunately missed the Matt class between the Usos and the Social Outcast, but uh Absolutely. Damn. <laughs> he's but, still regretting it. He's still regretting, exactly. But uh I don't I won't say I don't like the Usos, but they've just been in the title picture for so long. It's just like give it a rest. Yeah. Like like I said, I don't hate them or anything. I just think they've been in the title picture like Paige was for so long. It's just like give someone else a chance. Like, Christ almighty, I don't wanna hear Uso crazy for another two months. It's so annoying. <laughs> They just shove them down our throats. I'm like, all right, I don't want to see it anymore. So it's good to see Gal. That entrance is too long, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. It's like Undertaker like coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, come on. And, like, finally, someone, like you said, it was nice to see them come out. I didn't don't mind that they didn't come out to a vignette because it was kind of like, oh, my God, who is that? It's kind of like a shield thing. Exactly. Like, oh, my God, who is that? Oh, that's so-and-so. And it's like, it's like, oh, my God, who is that? Oh, my God, look what they're doing. And then, like, like you said, I think they're going to, like, insert themselves into the tournament, probably win it. Because, like I said, we are going through last night. It'll probably come down to them and Enzo and Cass. And the Dudley boys will screw Enzo and Cass. So, like, they don't look bad in defeat. And then they'll face the New Day. So, I think it's good, like I said, another strong team in the tag team division that could need it. Like I said, Usos are the Usos. They are what they are. Dudley boys are grandpas. <laughs> you got Enzo and Cass are new. Vaude villains, I don't 
care for the five villains at all. Dragons. Dragons have been there, done that. Kalisha should be by himself. Sinkar is terrible. And then you have the Ascension that sucks. Social Outcasts are terrible. And then Golden Truth, like, I could give two craps. So, like I said, a new tag team to a division that could need it. I would say, too, did you see the promo last night that Doc Gallows cut or Luke Gallows cut afterwards? No. He said, this is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I wish he did, though. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. It felt like an invasion of sorts. Not a new Japan invasion, but I love the fact that, I know Randy said he didn't know whether they came out to the crowd or not, or the entrance or whatever. They yeah, came out to the crowd. They jumped the ring wearing their street clothes. It feels real. It feels real, more real than having them come out to music. Like, why would the production team play their music if they have no idea who these guys are? If they aren't signed, that would make zero sense. <laughs> Unless they're in cahoots with Shane, which they very well might be, that would make zero sense. So I'm glad they kind of debuted the way they did. The attack was strong. Their tag team finisher looks great. That spinning neck breaker or whatever it is. And they look dominant. They looked vicious. They looked badass. And it should be great to see... Uh, you know, what else happens with them? I feel like this will not be all that we see from them. Maybe a possible alignment, like I said, with Styles or Balor or whatever. It's going to be cool to see uh, where, how this evolves in the months to come. So after that, as we uh, wrap up here, just a few more matches. Number one contenders match, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship of Sami Zayn won. He would have been entered to the Triple Threat Championship match at Payback between Styles and Reigns. Really, really good match here between Zayn and Styles. A lot of back and forth action. Great suspense. Great near falls. In the end, AJ Styles winning clean with the phenomenal forearm, right? Yep. I believe it was. Uh, picking up the win and still the number one contender. Looking strong and defeat Sami Zayn once again. So, RJ, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Styles versus Zayn. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I kind of had that suspense that Kevin Owens would come out and screw Sami Zayn, but it was kind of refreshing to have them just like clean, a match finish clean. And I thought Sami Zayn performed very well, and I, so, so did AJ Styles. I thought it was... Uh, a really good match. Like Granny said, probably a pay-per-view-esque match. I thought that was probably better than most of the matches we saw at WrestleMania. So um, very exciting to see um, them give these two, I would say two young stars. They're both, well, age is kind of is older. and stop, It's not like Zayn's in his 20s. He's up there in age too. But it was great to see them give like this new blood the time. And then they showed what they can display. And I thought the crowd really was probably split 50-50. But the crowd was into the match. Like you said, a great match between Styles and uh, Zayn. They both pulled out all their moves at the end. Styles beat him one, two, three with the phenomenal elbow or forearm or whatever the hell they're calling it. <laughs> but like you said, it's great. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Styles versus Reigns. And presumably it's going to be Zayn versus Owens. So I can't complain because it's new stuff. And like you said, Zayn and Owens is a feud that they could just keep doing for three years and people would love it. Because just so, like, the bad guy versus good guy is just such a good dynamic that. It's interesting, and like you said, they could have 100 matches and you still be like wanting more. So There's just so much history there. Yep. You can go back to it down the line like Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yep. Or like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Ambrose. Exactly. Those are my favorite type of feuds. But uh, you mentioned it right there, Kevin Owens. I'm glad he didn't show up. I love the fact that they showed him getting escorted out of the arena. So it wasn't like the crowd was sitting in their hands waiting for KO to come out and screw Sammy. They knew that he wasn't coming out, so they were able to enjoy the match. I like that a lot. We do not see that enough. And it made sense for Shane to say... You're done for the night. I know you're going to screw over Sammy. And for Owens to say, like, he comes off like a fool for saying, oh, I'm going to screw him over tonight. But um, I love the fact that Shane took authority, you know, no pun intended, and, you know, uh, took his power and used it wisely in banning him from the arena. So I thought that was great. And it led to a great match between Sammy and AJ. Straightforward singles match, clean finish. AJ and Reigns officially confirmed for the payback pay-per-view in just a few more weeks. And then Zayn can face Owens. So the payback card is shaping up very nicely so far. Uh, but Randy, your thoughts on the match last night between AJ Styles and Sami Zayn? 
Um, big fan of the match, big fan of both styles and Sami Zayn. And uh, I think it was last week, I guess uh, some of us were wondering um, was Sami Zayn like hurt or, you know, really legit hurt um, last week. Not from Kevin Owens hitting him during the interview, but maybe something that happened um, earlier in the night. But, um, well, I'm glad he he's not hurt and, and then, you know, he is healthy. So, um, seeing him in style, I mean, would I have loved to see that match on a pay-per-view? Absolutely. But you know how they you know how they do, man. They, they want to give these pay-per-view style matches out on, on Monday Night Raw. And, I mean, it was great. I think they went 20, 25 minutes. No interference from Kevin Owens. They, they really kept to, to the script of kicking him, quote-unquote, kicking him out of the arena and not having him involved. Um, even that, that segment with him and Shane back, mm-hmm. backstage, like, <laughs> You don't normally see things like that anymore as you did back in the days. And I think doing something like that, I think that was the second time we saw Shane um, on the program that he came out two more times. So even with Shane being on the program more and being more uh, involved, whether it's backstage or coming out to the main ramp and announcing the Bray Wyatt Reigns tag match, um, I really enjoyed that. But back to Styles and Zayn, a uh, great match. I'm really interested to see the Styles Reigns match at, at, at payback, so many ways that they can finish um, the match, and I think Zane is going to go into the program with, with Kevin Owens, and that should be another great match as they always had in their, in their you know historic rivalry. So um, again, that was one of the three pay per view style matches they had on Raw, which I think shocked a lot of people because now the match is, is not just a match; the match had some kind of stimulation or stakes uh, for that. You know, the winner gets to go on to pay back and fight Reigns. And before um, the, the, the Women's Championship, or well, Kevin Owens and Cesaro, winner gets to fight for the IC title. He had three matches for three stipulations, three uh, things at stake. And I think for Monday Night Raw, um, either A, did they just remember how to do things, or just like, you know, like what what took you guys so long? And, and AJ Styles and Sami Zayn with the with the prime example of that. And I like the I love the interaction with Shane and AJ and Zayn backstage. He said I loved it, great job, great performance. You saw the the respect Styles and Zayn um, had backstage. Um, hopefully they, they get a chance to fight down the road on, on a pay per view. But um, hey man, I, I have nothing bad to say about that match, and I think that was probably the best match of the night. I'm looking at the raw results right now. It looks like from start to finish, with the exception of the main event and Apollo Crews and Tyler Breeze, every match in the show had something at stake or it meant something, it served a purpose. Even the main event and Apollo Crews and Tyler Breeze, not Breeze, sorry, uh, who did he face? Adam Rose. Even those matches served a purpose. Every other match in the show was either a number one contenders match or a tag team tournament qualifying match or a quarterfinal match. So which is what they need to go back to. Like the three hours feel draining more often than not every other week. Because the matches, they just feel like they serve no purpose. Like, why would I tune in? Why would I care about this? There's nothing at stake here. Um, last night, that was not the case. We can't get A shows like this every single week. But for last night, anyway, we'll get to our overall thoughts in a couple minutes. But, um, no, yeah, you definitely hit the nail right in the head there with not only this match, but just it felt like every match in the show. It wasn't like Sammy versus AJ for the hell of it. Like, oh, Sammy said, you know... I know I wasn't in the main event last week, but I want to see if I could beat you anyway. No, if you beat him, he would affect the you know the triple threat match. He would affect the championship match. Major implications for the main event of payback for the championship. So 
Um, that was one little thing about Raw that I liked a lot. So moving forward here in our final two segments, we already kind of talked about the main event, so we'll rush through these next two segments. Uh, the highlight reel, Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho kicking off their feud after a slight tease on SmackDown last week. Nice little segment, Jericho appointing himself as his own guest on his own show, which was funny. His heel mannerisms, he really knows how to be a heel. That's no surprise, but he does great work as a heel. Ambrose's comedy, I know it's not for everybody. I thought he got a little too cute with some of the things that he said and did. Um, if he could just kind of tweak his mannerisms a little bit, I feel like he could be money or more money than he already is. But um, I like the dynamic. It was a good segment. I like the feud between Ambrose and Jericho. I mean, I've been waiting for this since they kind of teased it back in net of champions when Jericho walked off and Reigns and Ambrose when the uh, six-team tag team matched up against the Wyatt family. So I think it could be a good feud, and I think it's perfect because they know Jericho won at WrestleMania. He lost on Raw the next day. He got pinned by AJ. Um, but because he beat AJ at WrestleMania... Now, Ambrose can pick up the win or rebound from the loss from Brock Lesnar at Mania and then beat the guy who beat the new number one contender. So it makes sense. Maybe he gets him back in the main event scene. So um, I think it makes perfect sense and a great way for Jericho to go out before he seemingly you know, wraps up his current under the company. So, uh, Randy, your thoughts on the highlight reel with Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho last night? Um, I love Jericho. Him, him as a heel, to me, was always better than Jericho as, as a good guy. That's just going back to his WCW days and the whole Y2J thing. And um, his mic work is really phenomenal. It is superb. And no matter what, what rivalry, what uh, person he has to fight, it's always a great, great program. And I like Dean Ambrose to a degree. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to pick on Dean Ambrose. Uh, great talent. But I think maybe just how he's being used or what they're writing for him or what, how they're telling him to act. Uh, like you said, some people might like that. Some people might not. I, I, you know, I don't. I think it's too, um, it's too comedic when you're trying to betray him as someone that's crazy, mm -hmm. as a lunatic, as someone who's, who's just going to go out there and raise all hell and do whatever he wants. But the way he's talking and portraying things, it's like he's a, you know, he's a, he's like a comedian. I don't think it. I don't think it adds up. And especially when you're supposed to be a lunatic, but then. You lose to Triple H at Roblox. You lose to Brock Lesnar um, at WrestleMania, and it's like I, maybe they're in um, in a in a in a state of flux of what to do with Dean Ambrose because his skill set is not really up to par as well. He's really really dissected. Few uh, he he's got a few moves, a couple clotheslines, that clothesline with the ropes that he goes back and forth. He dives outside. And, you know, that, that's really much it. But they rely on him being crazy and a lunatic and just daring and do it, do whatever he wants. At some point, I, mean, I think, you know, if he fights Jericho, he'll, he'll, he'll get the win. But it's like, what else, what are you going to do with Dean Ambrose, the character post payback? If he, if he does defeat Chris Jericho, is he, is he going to go to a title contention with, with Roman Reigns? I don't know. Is he going to go with... Bray Wyatt again? I don't know. Is it going to be an IC title match of uh, whatever? I, I don't know. So I think him, someone like Bray Wyatt and him, or well, not Bray Wyatt now, but Dean Ambrose now is taking Bray Wyatt's spot to me mm -hmm. as someone who's just chilling and waiting to be put in the proper in the proper spot. And plus, the character has to add up too. So if he's going to be crazy and a lunatic. Don't have him out there making jokes and doing all this other cute stuff. It's cool, but at some point, man, we, we got to get Dean Ambrose to a level where he was at with the Shield early on. 
It seems like to me, I mean, my biggest concern coming out of WrestleMania was what they were going to do with Dean Ambrose. Even Brock Lesnar, I have no idea what's next for him. You know, Paul Heyman never said anything coming out of WrestleMania. He's already conquered Dean Ambrose. What's next for the Beast? But right now, what's going to be next for Dean Ambrose? At least we have our answer for the interim. I mean, I know this program is not long-term, like you said, post-payback. I assume Jericho's leaving again. It might lead to a rematch at Extreme Rules. In uh, a couple weeks later, maybe Jericho wraps up his run there. I have no idea. But it really all is dependent on what happens after that. It never really seems like they have a plan in place for Ambrose. Like, okay, long term, we're going to make him make him into a world champion. Like they did with Rollins. Like they did with Reigns. Like they did with so-and-so and so on and so forth. With Dean Ambrose, and RJ and I joke about this all the time, it seems like he is a B-plus player. He loses to Brock Lesnar. He can't beat Seth Rollins. He can't beat John Cena. He can't beat Triple H. He can't win the big one. And he is capable. Right. It's not like... You know, even Dolph Ziggler, I feel like, is capable. He could be a top guy. Dean Ambrose more so because people have yet to give up on him. People really like Dean Ambrose. He's one of the most organically over guys on the roster right now as a babyface. There is that potential there. And even like the character. We've talked about this here on the show before, too, as the lieutenant, uh, the uh, lunatic fringe. I mean, it's a good nickname. Obviously, they use that nickname for marketing and whatever. It's a song name. And um, they just want to put it on the back of T-shirts. He's not actually a lunatic. But it is bothersome that they call him a lunatic and he's not really crazy. Like, to me, it would make sense if they explained that by saying, you know, during the – you mentioned the Shield right there, Randy, that during the Shield he was more like a leader, he was a boss, he was methodical, he was calculating. But ever since the Shield broke up and Seth Rollins turned on him, that's why he became crazy. He can't trust anybody. His best friend Seth Rollins turned his back on him. He can't trust anyone now. So he went off the deep end. He lost his mind. That, to me, is what makes him crazy. But they're not really telling that story. If he's crazy, then why is he bringing like plants to the ring? Like it can, It's funny, it's cute, but it's not really the character that Ambrose can be. So RJ, I know we've talked about this before, B-plus player Dean Ambrose. We love the guy, but we bust his balls all the time. Um, so your thoughts on anything we just said about that, the character dissection of Dean Ambrose, and just the segment itself, the highlight reel, Y2J and Dean Ambrose. Um, I'd go with Randy. I'm not the biggest supporter of Ambrose. Um, like I said, I, I don't know. Like I'm going with the whole lunatic thing. Like you said, it's kind of hokey and cheesy. Like he's a lunatic, but does like tries to be funny. And he's not really a lunatic because he doesn't do, really do any crazy stuff. So like I said, it's kind of a marketing thing. But it's like he never can win the big one. People like him, but he never wins anything. It's kind of like the Bray Wyatt of being a babyface. Like he just he's over, but he just doesn't win when it matters. He even lost to Bray Wyatt in, uh, going never to WrestleMania him. 31. Never beat him in a never big match. Never beat uh, Bray Wyatt in a big match. Nope. So, um, like you said, I like the segment with Jericho. Jericho is just amazing as a heel. He's so funny, and um, I, like you said, I don't know how much longer Jericho is still going to be with the company. He's probably leaving in the near future, but I guess getting a win over. Jericho would mean something for uh, Dean, but like you said, I don't know if they're writing him bad stuff or he's just doing it himself. But they, they need like he needs his own identity. He's like a lunatic that does is not a does that. It's like a lunatic that's not crazy. It's like someone that's in an asylum that shouldn't be there. Cause that's what he is. Like I'm the Amherst Asylum, but I'm gonna bring stupid plants to the ring and joke and dippity doo da and stuff like that. Like be crazy. Like like someone restrain him. Like make him crazy. Exactly. It's not like in a match he goes like, oh, like, like that match against WrestleMania. It's not like he did something so crazy and so lunatic. Like, oh my God, look at this guy. He's got his ass kicked in the left. So I think they need to like change his like character a little bit. Like I said, lunatic fringe, Ambrose Asylum, like you said there, it's a catchphrase they can put on the back of a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that's why they do it. So they can put it on the back of a t-shirt. It's a, he has some of the best merchandise in the company, but 
character-wise, it just doesn't really fit with the narrative they're trying to tell this character. The comedy doesn't really line up with what they're trying to tell us about Dean Ambrose. Oh, he's crazy, then why isn't he acting accordingly? You know, so maybe in time, maybe it's a heel thing. I feel like they just kind of, some some goof in the writing department saw like his indie work and saw that he was putting himself like through barbed wire bats and glass tables and garbage like that and saying like, oh, this guy's a real lunatic. Let's call him that in WWE, but he's not doing the same thing in WWE, nor should he. Um, he should come close and kind of do, push the limit in terms of what he could do in the company, but he doesn't really do crazy things. Like you said, he just gets his ass kicked. Like he's a sympathetic character. But he's, he's resilient, he's heroic, other than the, you know, when he low blows Brock Lesnar, and that's not a really heroic thing to do. But other than that, I want to get behind the guy. I do get behind the guy. I like him a lot. It just seems like they're not really, you know, fleshing out the character as much as they possibly can. Um, but on that note, after that, we had Apollo Crews and Adam Rose. We don't really need to talk about that. Quick squash match, Crews won. Great for him. Uh, it seems like, you know, um, all the NXT call-ups are getting direction. Baron Corbin, too. Randy mentioned it earlier, video package. Um, they aired it on him, talking about his reign of terror in NXT, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the Lone Wolf does on Monday Night Raw, but all in all, really, really good show, and like we said before, RJ, arguably better than Raw last week, the post-WrestleMania Raw from uh, just last week, so I think going forward, there's a lot of things to be excited about, I think Shane, you know, prefaced it very well at the start of Raw, we have a tag team tournament, we have Cesaro and Miz for the IC Championship, Cesaro is back, Styles in the main event championship picture, Charlotte, Natalia, Shane running raw for how much longer? I have no idea. But the bottom line, moreover than anything else, no authority. At least for right now. You can complain, oh, they'll be back next week. They'll be back next month. They'll be back in time for SummerSlam. Shut up, people, and just enjoy the ride. Let's worry about that shit when we get to it. I feel like so far, so good. Last night's raw was really, really good. Universal praise from Twitter, which is very rare nowadays. Because they're very, very critical of the show. Um, so I was very happy to see that. So, Randy, um, any other miscellaneous thoughts and the stuff we kind of brushed over between Cruz and Corbin and your overall thoughts on Monday Night Raw? Um, overall, I thought, I thought it was, uh, I mean, I don't want to say the word great like that, but I think it was, it was a pretty good show. Um, like I said, it was something different, something refreshing for the fans. You've seen these young guys from NXT being used on the roster. You're not, you're not seeing your right backs and Zack Riders and whatever. Uh, or, or other people who are who were being used on the show before WrestleMania, um, getting a lot of fresh matches that that really mean something. The storylines are are looking to, to to shape up in a bit prior to payback. So once we see payback, every match would be you know have something on the line. The storyline would all make sense. And again, you know, fans should not be you know whatever about Shane McMahon and him running Raw. It, 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 it's all television. Triple H is, are, is definitely are probably right there in the back watching everything. So they're not going, in, you know, anywhere, you know, anytime soon. But I think at some point that storyline will play out. Uh, I, I think I think it it has to. It, it can't just be out there and say, Shane, you know, win a match, and then if you do, you you know, control Raw. Oh, you lost. Oh, you by the way, still run Raw for three months. I think at some point. It, it'll. I hope it'll all make sense down the road when they put Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H on TV. If they have to add Taker to to say, listen, I told Vince to give him with something. Something got to make this whole story make sense. But for the time being, um, we're looking at fresh, fresh faces, fresh storylines, fresh people running the company, running Raw, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think Payback is one of the few pay-per-views that I'm looking forward to now because now I can see some of the matches ahead of time and all matches have 
a greater storyline to to put behind it. But um, I mean, every every post WrestleMania is going to be like that. What's going to happen next? Who's going to who's going to return? We still we're still waiting on John Cena. We're still waiting on Randy Orton. We're still waiting on on Seth Rollins. Um, I know Neville had the injury, so a lot, of, you know, a lot of people are still out. But once they come back, it's going to be even more. Um, you know, worth the wait because those those people would be right in the world title picture, or something else might happen. So um, we're 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 good right now. But once those guys come back, um, it'll get more interesting. More people should be watching on, on Monday nights and also on on Thursday for SmackDown. So um, I can't wait. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, the great Intercontinental Champ, the Miz, is supposed to be on Sports Center real soon. So mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're, you know, very hyped to see that, I don't want to make you miss that. But, yeah, he's going to be on there in, like, two minutes. So, there you go. <laughs> I'm a big Miz fan, but if anything, I would watch for Maurice. Like I said, I've already loved the Miz. I'm already a big Miz fit, but I love the addition of Maurice. I think, I think she'll be there, too. So, there you go. You can kind of, like, cut the screen off half and take the Miz out and just look, and look at Maurice. There you go. <laughs> Always love the sexiest of sexy Maurice. So, final thoughts, RJ? <laughs> I thought the show was good. Um... I'm still kind of iffy on Apollo Crews. I, I like him, but I like another squash match. How long is that going to last? Is that going to be a weekly thing, or is he actually going to feud? So it will be interesting to see what happens. I think Corbin's – they kind of tease a feud with Ziggler, but they really didn't play up on that last night. But like Randy said, as a whole, fresh fresh matches, fresh faces. It's always new. It's always exciting. Um, seeing the Rybacks and – the Zigglers and the, all the people that kind of like clutter the show all year round. It's kind of good to see them off TV and see the guys, new up-and-comers on TV and giving us fresh stuff. So can't complain there. But I think next week will be a good show. But I'll see. It'll be a testament to see how the show before payback is. I before payback? The, the go-home show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I you mean next week because is. of the England crowd. Yeah. The go-home show is in a Hartford, actually. Actually, uh-uh. uh, Homestead, backstreet, back, backyard Hartford. of uh, GSM. So we'll say, I hope not. I, I mean, I, I mean, it, I, I want to say it's it's going to be a good show. I'll say this much: I hope it's a good show. I hope it's not an amazing show because I'm not there. So, but I hope it's not terrible either. So I hope it's good enough. Like, wow, that was a good show watching from home. But I don't feel bad not going. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that always happens. Whenever I don't go to a show in Connecticut, it's always great. So we'll see. Um, but it should be interesting next week. I think the road to payback, the card as it is, I think we have Cesaro misconfirmed and AJ and Reigns and many other matches on the horizon. New Day versus hopefully Bullet Club, you know, Anderson and Gallows, hopefully Charlotte and Natalia, Enzo Amore and the Dudley Boys, Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy versus the Dudley Boys, League of Nations and Wyatt Family. There's a lot of matches. Owens and Zayn, so many matches they can get. Even Becky Lynch and Emma on the kickoff show. A multitude of matches they can add to the payback uh, lineup. So I'm looking forward to that on May 1st. And we'll be talking more about the pay-per-view as it comes up. But in the meantime, in between time, as always, Randy, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great talking to you. A long time coming. The first time we've had you on the show in, I think, about a year or so. So, I mean, after being on your show so many times, I'm like, we got to get Randy Cruz on here. RJ and I talk about it all the time. And we love following you on Twitter, like we said. And we love the podcast. You guys can check them out, the Cruise Control Podcast. And um, everything else you got going on. So be sure to uh, plug your stuff. Where can the people find you, brother? Well, first of all, Graham and RJ, always a pleasure talking wrestling with you guys. Uh, I definitely greatly appreciate it. Uh, spending an hour and a half talking about talking about Raw and stuff like that. So um, people can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. They can hit up the Cruise Control Podcast on both iTunes 
and SoundCloud. You, you've been on it a couple of times. So, you know, we got to balance some things out, Grant. Like, you know, you've been on my show, let's say, 20 times. I've been on your show <laughs> twice. So it's like a really, really suspect. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it, it's always a pleasure having you on my show, and, and, and I'm, I'm honored to be on your show. Um, anytime you guys want me on, whether it's after a pay-per-view or Raw, whatever it is, you know where to find me. Always great talking to you. And um, enjoy the rest of your show. Absolutely, my man. One final question for you. Will you be at SummerSlam this August or TakeOver Raw or whatever? Um, SummerSlam, yeah. Um, I'll be all the way up by the banners that they have in Brooklyn. Um, that, was, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know what's so funny? Like, I, I got tickets there and... Uh, I was there last year, so I pretty much got the same section. Uh, I wish I would go a little lower, but I guess once people, once they went out there, Brooklyn, there's SummerSlam, it, it's pretty pretty pricey, mm-hmm. uh, especially here in New York. Um, if they, well, for TakeOver, I don't think it's, I don't think it's out yet. For, not yet, uh, no, no. Not yet, and I know they have something going on at Madison Square Garden, um, in mid-July, yep. just like a, like a house show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I go to that, but definitely SummerSlam. Hopefully I, I get to go to TakeOver. I went to SummerSlam last year, not TakeOver. I was pretty pissed off about that because TakeOver was way better than SummerSlam. I was so tight. Um, but yeah, uh, are you guys going to be there as well or no? Yeah, we're planning for TakeOver. I was at TakeOver last year and SummerSlam, and it was amazing. SummerSlam was a fun time, but TakeOver I had, was a, great. I had a great time at SummerSlam. I really enjoyed SummerSlam last year. I know it's another four-hour show, but it's well worth it. The whole weekend's like the WrestleMania of the summer, but yeah. I already got two tickets to oh, SummerSlam. Man, listen, as long as SummerSlam is not four and a half hours like like WrestleMania, because I know, like you said, it's, like it's the WrestleMania of the summer, but... Don't give me five hours of SummerSlam, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Four hours, I could probably Don't do it. And a two-hour kickoff, seven <laughs> hours of SummerSlam. No, man, it's too hot for all that. That's way too much. And TakeOver 2 on Saturday. I'd be fucking <laughs> yeah. dead by Sunday Last night. year was such a long weekend. It was a long Especially weekend. Me, I went in early Saturday, met Rollins, and had like my trip back to Connecticut, come back the next day was a half. So getting going yeah. back to Massachusetts that night sucked. <laughs> and then you were there for and, TakeOver. Yeah, and they got Raw on Monday. So you're looking at... Freaking Friday, Saturdays, um, yep. I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all in Barclays. Uh, hey, man, it's I, crazy. I like Barclays, but can, can you put it in, in MSG? But I heard they, the prices go crazy. Yeah. MSG oh, yeah. So. oh, well, Barclays, Barclays it is. It's a great arena, though. It was a great time last year. I already got my tickets for SummerSlam. RJ, I know you're going to be waiting until it get a little closer. Yeah. I know tickets are technically sold out, but they're on StubHub and yeah. stuff. I mean, people bought them, but they're going to be selling them. Got my tickets for Raw 2. Got my tickets for Raw 2, so I got two tickets. And RJ, your invitation's always open. If you want to come along with Mr. GSM, we'll say. And uh, take over, like Randy said, the tickets aren't on sale yet. Hopefully they will be by June, July, Are you sitting in the same section you did last year? For SummerSlam? Yeah. Yes. So. Raw, I'm sitting like where you come out. Like say you come out on the stage, I'm yep. sitting like right like all the way in front. Like all the way in the back, but looking that way, that's where all I'm right. going. Um, but Randy, did you say where you're sitting for SummerSlam? Uh, do I know where I'm sitting for SummerSlam? Yeah, what section, yeah. Oh, man, I think, I know it's in the 200s. It's like a catty-cornered facing, it's like I'm catty-cornered facing the ring as if you're watching it on TV. Like, you're, I have that digital screen, you know, at the apron facing me. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm on that side. Okay, you Where, must be like early 200s yeah. then. Where'd you I'm sit like, last year at SummerSlam? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be up there at 218, 220, something like that. I don't know offhand, but once I once I know, I'll, I'll let Graham and then RJ know. 
Were you in the same section last year? Uh, I, I think I am. If not, I'm a, I'm a section over. I don't know if I, I don't know if I got the same seats. That'd be really really creepy. But I think I'm in the same section. So. Yeah, I think I was two ten last year. I'm like one section over. I'm like I was like two oh six last year. I'm like two oh five this year. All the way in the corner, can barely see the stage. But I'm the type of person like I just want to be there. I yeah. just really want to be there. And last year was great. Yeah. So. Well, if you're in the like two twenties, two tens, or whatever, we're definitely gonna run into you. There's no doubt about that. We'll plan something ahead of time. Maybe we could do a podcast. Like you said, I've been on your show a multitude of times. You have not been on our show enough. We'll catch you again, hopefully in the next couple weeks or months. But definitely for our pre-show SummerSlam pen, we'll get you on again. I'm in section two twenty-one. There you go. Ah, okay, you okay. Go. I'll keep that in mind. I think I'm in 05 or 06. So we'll definitely do some sort of meetup or something before uh, before SummerSlam. I think that's on Sunday the 21st, I want to say. 23rd, I think. 23rd? No, last year's the 23rd. I think it's the 21st. We'll see. We'll see. Um, August Sunday the 21st. Ah, it is Damn the 21st. It. it is the 21st. And NXT LOL next Saturday, next Thursday that we're going to is also on the 21st. Oh. So four months nice. from the day, baby. Can't wait. It's going to be an exciting next couple months. But anyway, Randy, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No problem, dude. I'll catch you down the road. All right. RJ, of course, your cheap plugs. What do you got to uh, plug for the people? Uh, at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter and uh, RJ's two cents on XRWrestling.net. And what are the articles coming up this week? On Monday, you had the NXT call-ups. Will yep. they flourish or not? Yep. Swink or swim, or sink or swim, the NXT call-ups. Yep. Tuesday, great article. One of your best pieces today. Oh, shit. Top 10 WWE wrestlers. Favorite are WWE wrestlers, wrestlers of RJ sure. since you started watching in January of 2002. And Wednesday, for the people listening to this on Tuesday night, what's coming up tomorrow? Um, we already talked about it. Why uh, the babyface... Well, I mentioned it earlier, but again, again. Why the babyface turn for uh, Bray Wyatt will revitalize his career. I like it a lot. I read the article earlier. Sneak peek. It's great. That's all I'm going to say. Sneak peek is a teaser, and it's going to be awesome. So check it out. Like you said, the website, nextairwrestling.net. Audio going up every single Tuesday and Thursday. WrestleRant Radio on Tuesdays. WWE EC Radio on Thursday. Tomorrow night on NXT. The NXT television debut of Shinsuke Nagamura in Austin Aries. We're talking all about that in Monday Night Raw. And SmackDown preview on Thursdays. WWE EC Radio with Tommy Sharp. And like I said, every Tuesday, new episodes of WrestleRant Radio. Can't wait to break down Raw in England next Tuesday. You guys can find me on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Facebook.com, backslash GrahamGSM.Matthews, Bleacher Report, What Culture, Hidden Remote, YouTube, Graham, GSM Matthews on basically everything. So check me out there. Like I said, new episode next week. Check back for that. All new articles going up every single day on NextAirWrestling.net. That's enough cheap plugs from yours truly. For RJ Marceau, I'm Graham, GSM Matthews. We'll catch you folks down the road.